Hi everyone, Demetrius McRae here, your online campus pastor here at Calvary Christian Center. Welcome to our podcast. As we are in our season of healing, just so you know, we are worshiping on campus and making sure that our worship experiences are safe and sanitary. May today's message bring healing, hope, and ultimately transformation. Hope you enjoy the message. I feel like I have one of them Father's Day slash Holy Ghost slash hollering, spitting, fire-filled, preaching, I'm going to leave sweaty and you're going to leave free type preacher. I'm going to leave empty, but you're going to leave the encouraged. Yeah, feel one of them. And uh, before I get started, there is a there is a missions team that has been with us all week from Georgia that's here today. Uh, where you at? Can you guys wave? Calvary, can we let them know? God bless you. They're right here. Thank y'all. Pastor Jamie and his team has done such an incredible job, and uh, thank you guys for being here. And we just pray you're going to take what's happening here back home with you in the name of Jesus. So I feel like preaching. Are you ready for the word today? I want you to open up your Bibles to the book of Acts, the book of Acts, the book of Acts chapter 28, and we're going to read six verses. And uh, let me just once again say happy Father's Day to all the dads. Uh, I, I look at it a lot different now being a dad. It means a whole lot, uh, it means something a whole lot different to me now because I'm realizing that the blessing that God gave me in manhood was fatherhood. That every man has the ability to become, watch this, not just to make a child, it, any man can make a child. It takes a special man to become a father. And I'm thankful that inside the blessing of manhood is fatherhood, but watch this, inside the blessing of fatherhood is legacy. And I'm learning more now than ever as a daddy that I am living out now what I'm going to be leaving behind later. That legacy is not something you do when you're 60 or 65. Legacy starts now. And so I'm thankful that, that God has given me the ability to, to preach today, the honor to preach today. And I feel like preaching. Acts chapter 28, six verses, six verses. And then God's going to just talk to us today. He's going to talk to dads. He's going to talk to us. Amen. If you got it, say amen. Here's the word of the Lord. And now when they had escaped, they then found out that the island was called Malta and the natives showed us unusual kindness for they kindled a fire and made us all welcome because of the rain that was falling and because of the cold. But when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks, he laid them on the fire. A viper came out because of the heat and fastened to his hand. So when the natives saw the creature hanging from his hand, they said to one another, No doubt this man is a murderer whom though he has escaped the sea, yet justice does not allow him to live. But Paul shook off the creature into the fire and suffered no harm. However, they were expecting that he would swell up or suddenly fall down dead. But after they had looked a long time and saw no harm come to him, they changed their minds and said, he must be a God. I want to preach for just a moment. When they told me the theme was going to be Father's Day fire and wildfire for dads, the Lord dropped this little word in my spirit because everything that's about to happen in this next season of your life man woman boy or girl god said it's going to have to happen all around the fire i said if you're going to be a revival person in this next season and you're going to see a move of god 
then everything in your life is going to have to happen all around the fire. Let me pray and I'll preach. Father, I thank you for what I sense moving this place in Jesus' name. Somebody who believes it, shout amen. You can be seated. You can be seated. As you're seated, just look at somebody say, it's going to have to happen all around, all around the fire, all around the fire. I think it's important in this room this morning for each of us to come to the realization that when faith first starts out in your life and you first embrace faith and experience faith, that when faith first comes, faith is first glamorous. Oh yes, faith is a glamorous thing when it first touches your life because it's a glamorous thing to see somebody who was sin sick come down to an altar, give their life to Jesus and find out that even though they had sin, he washes our sins white as snow and his blood redeems it. It is a glamorous thing to watch somebody full of anxiety walk down to an altar, give their life to Jesus and exchange it for peace that passes all understanding and joy unspeakable full of glory. It is a glamorous thing to see somebody who was oppressed or possessed by the devil come down and give life to Jesus and the moment they give their life to Jesus uh, they find out that who the sun sets free is free indeed uh, because when faith first shows up uh, faith is first glamorous uh, and it makes me want to ask the question on Father's Day to every man and to every woman and to every child in this room are you thankful you're saved Oh, I'm talking to some real people who know that if it had not been for God, you'd still be messed up. Uh, you'd still be stuck. Uh, you'd still be in some issues. You'd still have some pain. You'd still be in the tragedy and you'd still be in the trauma. But God looked at your life uh, and he looked at where you were and he paid the price through his son Jesus. Uh, and now all of us uh, can come into the family of God and call ourselves saved. Is there anybody that could give God some crazy praise uh, on Father's Day if you're thankful that you're saved. Oh, is that all you got? Uh, I'm talking about some people that are thankful that you're not on your way to hell anymore. That hell is not your final destination. That God has called you higher because he gave us your son. And what the enemy has meant for evil, God has turned for your good and he saved you. Pastor Josh, why are you a little loud today? Why are you a little crazy today? Because I'm thankful that he saved me. You should have seen me before he saved me. You should have seen how messed up I was and how I talked and how I walked uh, and how the enemy was coming in for the kill. But right before the enemy got to me, God got in the way and he saved me. And I dare somebody to give hell a headache on Father's Day to lift up your hands and your mouth and give God some praise that you're saved. I could shut the service down right there put the microphone down and walk out and we say we had church because there's something that happens when the redeemed of the Lord get together and when the redeemed say so every demon runs sickness flees because we have been saved Am I preaching to anybody in the room who's saved? Uh, I'm thankful I'm saved. I could preach about it all day long. The blood of Jesus covered my life, uh, and I am saved. Uh, pardon me while I shout. Uh, pardon me while I dance. Uh, don't look at me when I get a little crazy, because every once in a while I look back uh, at where I've been and see what he's done, and it makes my feet go to moving. It makes my hands go up. I don't get quiet. I'm thankful I'm saved. That's 
what the world is waiting on. They're looking at some people who are saved and happy about it, saved and joyful about it, saved and thrilled about it. Oh! We wouldn't have to pump you up if you just remembered where you were heading and God saved you and then you took that to Cracker Barrel and you took it to your job and you took it to McDonald's and you took it to your family dinner table. If we kept the joy of our salvation, revival would be imminent. He saved me. Oh, I'm thankful that he saved me. But ladies and gentlemen, that is only one side of faith. And a lot of preachers preach one side of faith, but faith is a lot like the gospel. It's a coin with two sides. It's, it's a coin that says there's this side and there's that side. And on the first side of this thing called faith, there is the glamorous side. But, but there is another side, and that's what I came to preach about for just a moment on Father's Day. I want to preach about the other side of faith, the side called trouble. <laughs> trouble Be because if you live faith right you're going to realize there's some days you're up and there's some days you're down and there's going to be some, some days you're happy come on somebody talk to me and there's going to be some days you're sad there's going to be some days you have victory and days you feel like you are in absolute utter defeat but praise be to God who loves us enough uh, to win us the victory and then tell us uh, that you don't have to live in valleys uh, that you can go from glory to glory to glory to go. I feel like preaching for just a moment uh, because I'm tired of living my life glory to valley to glory to valley there's got to be some people in this room that realize he has already won the victory and it's time for people to raise up and rise uh, from glory to glory to glory and if you believe it give him praise right now If you do faith right, oh, can I preach this? If you do faith right, you will have some trouble. Because trouble in the kingdom of God ain't really trouble. The first thing trouble is, is a compliment to your anointing. I'm going to pull the cover back on the devil today. He's going to be so mad at me. Because some of you are wondering why you're getting hit with all this tough stuff and this hard stuff. And you're saying, wow, I keep getting in trouble. And God, why are you allowing it? I know you didn't author it, but you keep allowing it. And God's saying, the only reason I'm allowing it is because there's some things you don't know about you. And there are some things you don't know about me. And if I ever allow the trouble in your life, uh, I'm going to use the trouble to teach you how anointed you really are and how powerful you really are. And so to every person, I feel like I'm going to fight this morning, but to every person that's been in a fist fight with the devil, let me tell you something. That devil is more afraid of you than you are of him. Rise up, fight back, and realize that if God let it, it's because I'm just that anointed. I said, you're that anointed. You're that anointed. I said, you're that anointed. What kind of anointed? Every demon is scared to death of the day you figure out who you really are. Every disease is scared to death of the day you figure out how big your God really is. Somebody's got to realize that if God let it happen, it's only there to prove something to you you didn't know about yourself. Am I helping anybody? And so, ladies and gentlemen, God does not author trouble, but he will allow a little bit of trouble. 
to teach you what you didn't know about you and what you didn't know about him? Can I go deeper in that for just a second? Because you do know there are some things you would have never known about you if they didn't break up with you. There, there are some things you wouldn't have known about you if they didn't talk about you. So away with hater theology, and when people reject you, you ought to praise God like you've lost your mind. Because if they reject you, it's only because God is trying to perfect something in you. And when you finally see it, you're going to be better because of it. You would have never known you could start the business had people said no to every other thing you wanted to start. You would have never known. Can I go deeper? You would have never known God was a healer if you didn't have a little bit of sickness. That's going to mess with you. Some of y'all ain't ready for this because the only doctrine you've been hearing is a bless me doctrine. Y'all ain't ready for this, but you want revival, right? I've stood on stages where revival's happened. I've been there where revival is. And let me tell you, you have to come into a realization that this whole experience is not about how blessed you can be. In fact, you can only really identify with Christ if you not just identify with him in the blessing, but you got to be able to identify in the suffering. Let me tell you what hell really hates. Hell really hates when they've thrown everything they've had your direction and hit you with your best shot and you still come in this room. Oh, shot, oh, shot. Oh, the master. You come in this room with a hand still lifted and a hallelujah still in your mouth and you give hell a headache when you can come in this room and still say, though he slay me, yet will I praise him. Oh, why don't you give hell a headache right now and give God some praise in this room and let the devil know you tried, but you didn't win. I'm still here. Hey, 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 hey. I came to tell somebody that if you do faith right, you're going to have a little bit of trouble. Now I know why David said, yay, though I walk. Oh, can I pray? I feel preachy today. Yay, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. David said, I understood something. He said, I'm called to walk through a valley, not live in one. And sometimes you got to make up your mind in trouble just to keep putting one foot in front of the other, in front of the other, because I'm here to tell somebody that he's prepared a table for me in the presence of mine enemies. And by the time God gets done with this situation, it may not be good now, but it will become good because God is good. And God is trying to teach a people that they will have trouble. Uh, Pastor Josh, why have you spent this much time in your introduction? Amen. <laughs> talking about faith and talking about blessing and trouble and the up and down parts of life. Because ladies and gentlemen, nothing is more befitting of my text. The apostle Paul is a man who knows great glory. Oh, yes, he does. He's a man that knows the third heaven. Come on, somebody. 
He's a man that knows signs, wonders, and miracles. He is a man that knows the Damascus Road experience. This Paul is acquainted with great glory, but the same Paul that knows the third heaven is the same Paul that knows prison cells. He is the same Paul that is up here one day and they're trying to stone him and beat him and leave him for dead on another. This Paul knows what it's like uh, to be going after God and still get hit with stuff you weren't ready for. And in the text I bring before you, the apostle Paul is on his way to destiny. Is there anybody on your way? You're on your way. You're on your way. I didn't say you're there yet, but you're on your way. You're on your way to death. You know God's not finished with you. He's got some stuff prepared for you. You are on your way. Paul is on his way when he gets hit by a shipwreck, a storm that tried to destroy him. I could preach a lot right there. Because how many know that sometimes you'll be on your way and get hit with some stuff you didn't see coming? Maybe I'll go over here and preach it. I said, is there anybody that can testify that you can be doing everything you know is right, living God, loving God, living for God, and then get hit with some stuff you didn't see coming, stuff that came out of nowhere, and it just doesn't come after you, but it tackles the ship, the ship. It just doesn't try to break you. It breaks everything that was holding you together. This storm is so severe that the ship gets broken. And the Bible says that he comes, watch this, he comes into the shore on pieces. And there are some of us in this room, some dads in this room that came into this service in pieces. Oh, can I preach it? barely made it through the doors with everything you've been dealing with in your mind and in your family and in your life can I provide am I doing the job I need to be doing am I handling the stresses and the pressure and sometimes you come into church not always ready to give God your best because you had to come in in pieces there's some women in this room that could barely get a hallelujah up out of your spirit because just to praise God hurts because of what you've been through Paul comes in in pieces, not realizing that if you have a piece, oh, hallelujah, a little piece of Jesus still goes a long way. I said a little piece of Jesus, a, a little bit of Jesus can still go a long way. Uh, that's why the enemy wants you to shut up and be quiet and not give God praise. Uh, he wants to diminish your faith and say, look at all your loss. But baby, if you've got an inkling of faith, let me give you a Bible. If you've got a mustard seed. Oh, y'all ain't ready for me this morning. I said, if you got a mustard seed, the Bible says a little bit of faith uh, and a little bit of Jesus uh, is enough for you to move mountains, clear destiny, and move into purpose. Somebody with a little bit ought to give God a lot of praise this morning. Apostle Paul, I'm hurrying. The Apostle Paul comes onto the shore, and now the scene is set for the sermon I bring before you this morning. Because when he pulls himself up on the shore, he is greeted by point number one for all you note takers in the room. Point number one, he is greeted by the provision of God. Because Paul pulls himself up onto the shore, and he is greeted by a fire he didn't even build. Because sometimes God uses affliction to bring you a fresh revelation of how good his provision 
really is in your life. Uh, let me put that in your world. Sometimes God will take all you know so that you can finally realize that he's all you need. People will leave you. The job will go crazy. Your finances will go whack. People will talk about you and you'll look over your life and say, I got nothing. But let me tell you, if you've got nothing and you still got him, you still have everything you need to get to where you're called to be. Oh, I'm talking to some people this morning, some men in this room that ought to give God some praise that if you're down to nothing plus God, you still got everything you need. God's provision is profound. God's provision is prolific. Can't nobody do you like Jesus. Can't nobody provide for you like God can provide for you. God is a good provider. God is a great provider. Oh, you do know you drove up here in the provision of God? I know it's got a donut tire on it. And you got to start it, stop it, start it, stop it, start it for it to finally start it. But nevertheless, baby, if you made it here today, that car is the provision of God in your life. You know the clothes on your back. I'm going to get down in your world for just a moment. You know the clothes on your back are the provision of God. Do you know the donuts you ate and the breakfast you had and the lunch you're going to have is the provision of God? Can I be real deep? That last breath you took. Y'all ain't ready for me. I said, that last breath you just took was the provision of God in your life. That God willed you to be here. He kept your heart pumping. He kept the blood moving. He is the provider. And the only thing God wants from, I feel something about to explode in this room. That the only thing he wants from a people who he gave breath to is for you to turn that breath around and let everything that has breath praise ye the Lord why don't you take 10 seconds and give God praise for his provision in your life oh I want you to thank him for every time he provided every time he gave you what you couldn't get on your own every time he showed up when the money came in and when the finances were there and when he gave you the job and when he healed your body thank you Lord for your provision Oh, he works so good. He works so good. He works so good. You realize that if you came in like that every week, we wouldn't even need a worship team? It's a shame to me that we, let me back up, that he works so good and gets such little credit. It is amazing to me how he can do all that for you. A million little miracles in your life. He can do all that for you. And you can still stand like this. She got to sing it again. They sing it again. They say, can we leave? Can we leave? And yet you turn around right when you leave here and hope your car starts and hope you got money and y'all ain't saying nothing to me and hope you got what you need to get to where you need to be this week. The devil is a liar. God, get us back to being a grateful people all over again who give God praise every single chance we get. In fact, I know I've given you a chance to praise God, but why don't you take 10 seconds and take the roof off this place and give him some praise for his provision. Hallelujah!
shouldn't have to hype you up every week. I'm going to say it so everybody can hear me. We shouldn't have to hype you up every week. We shouldn't have to play your favorite song and give you your favorite preacher and let you hear your favorite kind of message for you to give God glory. You should walk into his gates with thanksgiving in your heart. You should come into his courts with praise and say, this is the day that the Lord has made and I will rejoice and be glad in it. Am I preaching to anybody this morning? Can I go deeper? The apostle Paul is pulling himself up. Number one, into the provision of God. A fire that he didn't build. Uh, God started the fire. But the next thing we see, Paul, if you're going to go deeper with me, the next thing we see Paul doing, the Bible says, is gathering sticks for a fire he didn't build. Because Paul understood that God will start a fire, but it's our job to sustain the fire God starts. God will start a good fire. Oh, come on, somebody. God will start a great fire, but please know it is the nature of fire to go out. Which means God expects you to do more than look at it, enjoy it, he wants you to add to it. See, the problem when you're a consumer in Christianity is you constantly fight the battle of your fire going out. But for those of us that are driven in our faith, we realize that the enemy will throw circumstances, but for every circumstance of the enemy, there's a stick. Oh, yeah. There's a stick somewhere around here because God doesn't want your fire to go out. So you have a choice to make every day. Are you going to see circumstances? Are you going to pick up sticks and add them to your fire to keep what God started burning in your life? I feel like preaching just a little bit because if you're trying to figure out if I'm talking about real sticks or not, baby, I'm not talking about real sticks. I'm talking about a song in your car on a Monday morning. I'm talking about a lyric. I'm talking about a melody. I'm talking about praying in your car and on a Tuesday afternoon and the glory of the Lord come in the car and you just start weeping for no reason. What are those, baby? They are sticks for your fire. So before you blame the pastors, you want revival, right? So before you blame the pastors and get mad at the praise team and Send your email and write your letter with no name on it and expect us to answer you. I'm going to let that sit down in your spirit. Before you do all that, please make sure you have gathered every stick you can find and put it on your fire. And Paul is maintaining a fire. God starts. We want this revival to go generationally. We're going to have to be the kind of moms. Listen to me, dads. You're going to have to be the kind of dad that if nobody else in your family heaps up the sticks, you got to be the kind of daddy that says, as for me in my house. 
We're going to serve the Lord. As for me and my house, we are going to pray around the dinner table. As for me and my house, we are going to put on worship music and we are going to listen to the things of God. As for me and my house, we're going to be more stick-driven than we are circumstance-driven. Am I helping anybody? And Paul is picking up sticks, gathering sticks for fire he didn't build. Can I go deeper? But just in the middle of gathering what he needed, the Bible says he got something he didn't want. Because God wants you to get the stick, but the enemy wants you to get the snake. And the enemy will always hide the serpent in the sticks. Can I be real deep and show you Bible? Jesus is gathering 12 and gets Judas. Because the serpent is always in the sticks, which means you're going to have to be the kind of person that knows how to purge your pile every once in a while. You're going to have to be the kind of person that evaluates your bundle to make sure something didn't get in. Y'all ain't saying nothing. Something didn't get in that wasn't supposed to be there. See, there's got to be some men in this room and some daddies in this room that just don't pick up sticks, but they look it in the pile to see if compromise got in and to see if lust got in and to see if this got in or that got in. Because I'm telling you in 2021, I am mad at the devil. I am sick of the enemy getting a whole generation. The devil is a liar. Rise up, daddy. Get involved, men, and get in the pile and say, if you a snake, you got no business being here in Jesus' name. I curse every serpent in the name of Jesus that is trying to coil themselves up in your mind, in your life, and in your heart. And in the name of Jesus, I rebuke you, Satan, and I say, the devil is a liar. Let God arise and his enemies be scattered. You got to purge your power. Can I be real deep, dads? You got to purge your kids' power. She's 12. Why is she making her own decisions like that? He's 13. What do you mean he locks his door to his room? I don't know what's wrong with Billy. He keeps locking his door every night. And then I find pornography. And then I find out he's talking to people he ain't supposed to be talking to. No, no, no. See, Daddy, you got to stand up. Say, unlock your door. I'm going to take the locks off your door. Because I got to get in this room to make sure that the enemy didn't get in this room. Y'all ain't saying that. To make sure the enemy didn't get in this room. Because you got a fire, son. And you got a fire, young lady. And I refuse on my watch to let the fire go out. God forbid you would have a fire your kids don't have. You want revival? You realize that no revival, no, none, zero revival has ever been generational? 
All of the greatest moves of God started with one and ended with one and never went into the next. But I believe that we are on the cusp of seeing the kind of move of God that just don't get in us for a season or for a few years, but it gets in our children and their children's children and their children's children's children because we stood up, got honest, and weren't trying to be popular and said, I pray the fire gets on you. Am I preaching to anybody this morning? Uh, let me tell you what we're going to do. I already told Natasha I'm closing. Not really, but I am. Am I all right? Y'all still good? I already told Natasha, it's Father's Day. I'm a father now. I can talk about this stuff. I already told Natasha, I know how I'm going to do it with Joss because I know how pretty she is, how cute she is. There are going to be some boys knocking on my door. Yeah, there are. And uh, I told her, I said, Natasha, this is how I'm going to do dating for, Natasha, for, for Jocelyn. This is how I'm going to do dating. I'm going to let her, when the time comes and the time is right, she can go on a date. He's got to come to the house. But here's what I'm going to tell Jocelyn. Jocelyn, this is going to be your test. I want you to take this little boy, this little boy. <laughs> Amazing how bold we get just talking about people we don't know. That little boy, I'll tell you. <laughs> I'm going to tell her. You take him, and this is what I want you to do. Because here's what I want you to understand, folks, in this room. How do you determine what's sticking with snake? Get it around the fire, and you'll find out. Let me say it again. I said, if you want to know what's sticking with snake, get it around the fire, and you'll find out. So I'm going to tell Jocelyn, Jocelyn, you take him, and I want you to put him in a charismatic Pentecostal Holy Ghost fire baptized service and I want that Holy Ghost to fall right in the middle of service and when that Holy Ghost falls I want you to look at him and if he starts squirming baby he's a snake because how many know in 2021 you ain't got time to hang with snakes date snakes chill with snakes you gotta be around some sticks that add to your fire you gotta get around some people that calls you to burn and not calls you to fall off you gotta get around some sticks oh somebody help me i'm not even out of point one Are you getting fed today in your spirit? I paid the price for this one. Watch this. And so Paul is in the provision of God. And Paul is taking sticks to add to the fire of God. And just when he's pulling the sticks close to the fire, we go into point number two because the Bible says he got bit by a viper that was chilling in the sticks. Which leads me to point number two. Point number one, I am thankful for the provision of God. Point number two, I am thankful for the protection of God. I wonder if there's anybody at a 1010 Father's Day service that yes, you praised him for his provision, but is there anybody in the room that could throw up your hands and give God a praise for every time he protected you and every time he kept you and every time he came through for you that right before the snake bit you, God strangled the serpent before it could ever hit you or kill you. Because how many know there were some car accidents that had your name on it? 
and there were some some traps that had your name on it and there were some issues that had your name on it but before it got to you God got to it uh, and I have to thank him for his protection in my life I could bring somebody out that door for provision and I could bring somebody out that door for protection and protection without praise provision because you have to go through some stuff to realize sometimes how good and faithful and true God really is and let me pull this and I'm done let me pull this out of the out of the spiritual and into the practical for just a moment when I was first starting to preach I, I would travel first starting to travel there was a lady who would take pictures for me on the road she took pictures she just wanted to do it for free and she would document the experience of this young evangelist coming up this young man of God coming up preaching and one Sunday morning she came to me and she was in tears she was all jacked up she said pastor Josh I'm concerned for you I'm worried about you and I said why are you worried she said pastor Josh last night I took a picture of you and I posted it when I got up this morning and checked on the photo I found out that it was uh, on a witches and warlocks website she said she said I'm concerned are you I said um, no ma'am I am not concerned I am not worried and I'm not afraid I said, let them throw the cat urine up underneath of my doorstep. Let them do their hex. Uh, let them do their spell. And let them perform their roots. Do they not know I got a root too? Oh, y'all ain't. I got the root of Jesse and the seed of Abraham and the blood of Jesus over my life. Why would I ever be afraid of anything? And if you want to know how you made it through 2020 and 2021, it wasn't you, baby. It was the blood. The blood, the blood, the blood, the blood, the blood. It was the blood, the blood, the blood. When you look around, it was the blood. Can anybody give God some praise for the precious blood of Jesus in your life? I know it's unpopular preaching, but I got to thank God for just a moment for the blood of Jesus. Uh, the blood of Jesus that no disease can cross the bloodline. No thing can cross the bloodline. No demon can attack across the bloodline. He covered me and he covered me good when he covered me with his blood. Woo, thank you, Lord, for the blood. Thank you, Lord, for the blood. Thank you, Lord, for your blood. It was, it was the blood. It was the blood, the blood, the blood. And Paul, 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 Paul has seen provision. And now Paul has experienced protection. And I know what some of you Bible people are saying in the room. Pastor Josh, how can you call that protection? Did you say Paul got bit? How is getting bit protection? And I would tell you, that you have confused the proximity of the bite with the prosperity of the bite. That it's not that God won't let some things bite you. It's that the fact that he might let it bite you, but he will not let that venom kill you. Y'all, I'm about to run around this church. I'm about to shout to the top of my lungs because every time the devil bit me, he didn't realize uh, that I've got lamb's blood in my veins. Uh, I got the anti- Oh, come on, somebody. I got the anti-venom coursing through me. Oh, he made a mistake. I came to tell somebody, no weapon formed against you shall be able to prosper. And if God be for you, who can be against you if you believe it? Shout in the room.
between provision and protection. And all of it preaches real good until you step down into a season of trouble. You can play soft. Season of trouble. Because God gave me some stuff. He blessed me with some stuff. I added to it. And I still got bit. What do you do when you do it all right and you still get hit? Can I go deeper? And you didn't get hit in private. God lets you get bit in public. What do you do when God puts your pain on a platform? He doesn't hide it. But you got to stand there now with a serpent hanging from your arm. You got to stand there waiting for everybody else to say, look at them. They thought they were so religious and they thought they had it so together. Because what most preachers will not preach about this text, they love preaching Paul. But in the background of this text, there are some barbarians who are fixing their eyes on Paul and they're trying to figure out who he is and who his God is. See, sometimes God lets your trouble go public because the truth is most times your trouble ain't even about you. Most of the time, if God lets you walk through something, you will come out. But there are some people in the background who are trying to figure out, is there God who he says he is? Are they who they said they were? Is it real or not? See, 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 people can't see your faith. And people can't see God. Sometimes the only thing the world has to figure out if faith or God is real is how well you handle your trouble. Are you going to give up? Are you going to quit? Are you going to swell up? Are you going to fall down dead? Are you going to go back to who you used to be doing what you used to do with the people you used to do with? Or are you going to stand there with the serpent on your arm and say, though he slay me, yet will I trust him? See, the third point of my message, there is provision and there is protection, but the third point is perseverance. Sometimes to beat the devil, all you got to do is stand and keep standing and keep standing and keep standing and say, this will not kill me like it killed them. This will not mess me up like it messed them up. I'm going to stay and persevere. Watch this. I'm going to get hit and still lead a small group. I'm going to get hit and still come to church. I'm going to go through it and still worship God. I'm going to stand. I'm going to persevere. Where are the kingdom people 
that still know how to persevere. The first part of revival is in pursuit, but what sustains revival are people who know how to persevere. And can you see Paul? This is it. Working with a snake on his arm. See, that's what I tell the devil sometimes. If you're going to do that, then you're going to have to come to church with me. <laughs> if y'all knew what I had to face this week, what, I, what we have to fight just to preach to you sometimes. Sometimes walking out that door, I remind the devil, you're going to have to come with me. Sometimes we preach with a serpent on our arm. We do ministry with a serpent on our arm. Because somebody needs to know if it's real or not. But I love God and his faithfulness. Because just when it looked like Paul was about to give up and quit and give in. God said, Paul, son, since I let him bite you in public, I'm about to let you embarrass him in public. And let me prophesy for just a moment. In 2020, the enemy tried to embarrass the church. He tried to take us down. He tried to push us out. But I hear the Lord saying, the reason why I let that devil bite you is because in 2021, there's about to be a move of God that embarrasses hell like it has never embarrassed hell before. And so, Paul, Ooh, I feel him, I feel him, I feel him, I feel him, I feel him. I feel him, I feel him. So, Paul, I want you to get back around that fire. And when I tell you, I want you to take that snake and I want you to shake off that serpent into the fire. And I heard the Lord say, if you'll just lift your hand for a moment and start to shake off that snake, God said uh, that no matter how many years uh, and how much pain uh, and how much trouble you've been in, God said the serpent uh, is about to lose his grip uh, on your life. Uh, for who the Son sets free is free indeed. Somebody shake, shake, shake it. Shake off that disease. Uh, shake off the pain. Uh, shake off the problem. Shake off the Come on, take 10 seconds. Shake it off. Shake it off. Shake it off. Come on now with your hands lifted. Come on, Pastor John. Oh, we see your spirit break out. Spirit break out. Come on, shake off the pressure. 
my final point is this is that Paul shook the creature off into the fire and the Bible says that something miraculous happened you say pastor Josh where's the miracle the miracle is is that the Bible says that the same barbarians who were trying to figure out what was happening I didn't say it but the Bible says pastor John that they changed their minds they changed their minds don't get distracted but hear me by the Holy Ghost you got some people in your life you've been praying for you got some people in your family that you've been asking God to save and to touch and to deliver but I hear the Lord say the only reason I allow that little bit of trouble in your life the only reason it hits you like it hits you God said it because I am the kind of God that's about to work all things together for your good and God said this is more than a revival season this is a mind changing season and God's about to change the mind of your co-workers he's gonna change the mind of your sons and your daughters they're gonna change their mind now here it is I have preached this whole message this whole message on the backdrop of Paul's trouble and when I got ready to finish this sermon the Lord said you missed it I said what I missed Lord he said you've had your eyes on the backdrop that you missed the centerpiece I said what's the centerpiece of this text the centerpiece is that no matter whether it was provision protection perseverance or a change of perspective everything that happened in this text happened all around the fire because everything you need in this next season it's got to happen all around the fire so here's my altar call today I just feel this in my spirit I'm gonna start with every man in this room who says pastor Josh I want some Father's Day fire in my life I know it's a bold altar call to make but if the men don't stand up and get the fire soon will be a fireless generation so if you're a man in this room and you want some Father's Day fire for you and your family on the count of three get out of your seat and get to this altar one two oh hallelujah I just felt like hell just had a panic attack I just felt like hell had a panic attack where are the men at Where are the men at who want some Holy Ghost fire? Where are the sons who want some Holy Ghost fire? Woo. I feel hell getting so nervous right now. I want you to listen to me, men, and we're going to pray, and we're going to pray over you, and we're going to bless you today, and we're going to make sure you leave with some fire. 
by my grandfather, one of the godliest men I ever knew, one of the most Pentecostal men I ever knew in my life, when I told him I was called to full-time ministry, the first thing he did, Pastor John, is he, he stood on the stage just before he died. I remember he looked at me and said, get on your knees. This 70-year-old man told me to get on my knees. I dropped before him. He said, don't you preach. Don't you minister. And don't you ever live without the fire of the Holy Ghost evident in your life. And he laid his hands on me. And I felt a fire I have never felt. And I've been having myself laid hands on by many men you would know. Because here's what I know. Men, we are the priests of our homes. And God is going to start a fire in the family. He's going to start a fire in you. And I give you the same commission my... Oh, My grandfather gave to me. Don't preach without it. Don't work without it. Don't lead without it. Don't live without it. Give it away to everybody you meet. If you do that, we'll have revival of the likes this area has ever seen. Now, men, I'm going to try to lay hands. I want my staff to help me, our team to help me. But I'm about to pray for as many of you as I can. Mamas, you had your day in May. But I, I guarantee you there are some women in this room that wouldn't mind some men getting the Holy Ghost. <laughs> there are some mamas in this room that are saying, come on, Daddy, you get it too. And we'll get it for our family. So ladies, stretch your hand this way. Are you ready, team? We're going to sing. I want everybody in this altar to help me pray for men as many as you can. Men, are you ready? Ooh. I said, are you ready? Provision, protection, Ooh, hallelujah. Perseverance and a perspective change. But I pray today there is a fire dropped on you that is unquenchable and sustained through God himself. Are you ready? On the count of three. Come on, Pastor John, let's go. One. Two, I want everybody praying. Three, come on, begin to pray for them. Begin to pray. Oh, spirit
Thank you for joining us for today's message. You can continue to be a part of all that God is doing here at Calvary Christian Center. You can text to give at 386-866-3060, or you can give at calvaryfl.com give. We would love for you to subscribe to our podcast and also for you to share this podcast with your community, your family, and your friends. Again, thank you for joining us.